I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hashtag Team Open! This is Open Up, the podcast, the chat, the extra thought to accompany my first book, Open, a toolkit for how magic and messed up life can be. Big and serious. People know that I'm big and serious. We are going to be talking about love, sex and all the many things surrounding both of those things from the more emotional like heartbreak, heartache or falling in love for the first time or, and how it manifests, how does it make us feel um, and sex. It can be wonderful, uh, it can also be confusing and this more serious part of sex, consent and sort of taking a safe approach when it comes to sex and how it's displayed to us in the world which uh, can sometimes lead to a discussion on rape culture. They say that sex education in high school, you learn about like ovaries and how babies are born, I mean that doesn't teach me anything I need to know and what the do's and don'ts are when you barely understand what the act itself is. I don't need a boyfriend. I don't need boys. They just, they make life even more complicated than it has to be. So here we are in Blackburn and I am with Team Open. Yes. Let's talk about love. Have any of you been in love? Yes, I have. Are you in love at the moment? That was a nod, <laughs> an audible nod. No. Okay, so di- so you've been in love, but you- you've been heartbroken too. Because he wanted to end up like being with- back with me again, so it's like, well, it went wrong last time, but hopefully it's changed, and actually this time it was worse, and then there was a lot of name-calling and issues on that note, saying horrible things and making it out that everything was my fault even though it's like trying to pressure me into doing things I didn't want to. Have you got any advice for anyone listening that is in that situation? Just stay strong and respect that there must be something wrong to make them suddenly go from loving you and saying, like, you're the world, and then suddenly just being the worst thing that's ever happened to them. And it's just like, well... Let's face it, there must be something wrong with them to make them say that and suddenly snap in such a way that they're lashing out at you. Just respect that, yeah, maybe they need some time and just try and get yourself out of the situation because it's not your fault. Do you think that adults take young relationships seriously? Sometimes, because, like, some parents, like, once they have know that their child's in a relationship, they want to, like, help them develop of how more love needs to be 
So, um, what's it like being in love? Is it the first time you've been in love? Uh, it's actually all right being in love because, like, you have somebody close to you that you know that will respect you and love you for who you are and the personality you are. Have you got any advice to anyone listening that wants to know how to respect somebody? You know, I think sometimes like love can be really overwhelming, but it might end up not wanting to be with them and then you might be mean. So, for example, you were talking about your ex-boyfriend is now being mean. He's flip sided it and he's no longer respecting you. How can we find that respect even if we want to end a relationship? Uh, if you want to end relationships, it's the way that you choose. So if you want to just do it straight off a text or go face to face with them, and if you want to give them respect, then you just just tell them that you're nice and give them love and everything, pretty much. So basically, be gentle and 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 be kind and be honest. How do you know when something's official? If you've met someone, you, they're your really good friend. When does it become official, boyfriend and girlfriend? When you eventually like go up to one man you've been friends with him for ages, and then you eventually ask them, "Do you want to be a boyfriend or girlfriend?" Have any of your friends ever had a boyfriend or girlfriend that you're worried about? Yeah, there was one, this one time when one of my friends she had this boyfriend who was, I think she she just couldn't realise that like, he was very abusive towards her verbally and probably physically, and I think I, she should have just ended it there. But I think sometimes you don't feel that need to. You need to encourage them and maybe just let them experience this so that next time they'll probably be better off but there are there have been times when you sort of look at the relationship and go it's it's not fair it's not equal they should be loving each other and instead one of them is being very abusive towards the other what do you think those signs are when it's it suddenly becomes unhealthy i think it's when one one person, one partner takes more control than the other and tends to order them around and say, you need to do this to me, you need to do this for me. And I think when um, when it gets to a point where the, spouse, well, the partner who's being abused probably starts to feel very bad about themselves, they tend to look at themselves and go, that I'm not worthy of anything. They tend to um, stay reclusive and I think when they tend to just give up on life because of what this other partner has said to them. What advice have you got for anyone that feels like they can identify with that and they don't, they're not feeling very good about themselves and it might be coming from their, from their partner? I think they should tell someone that they can trust and you know try and, try and voice their, their worry and their anxiety and tell someone that, um, look, this is what's happening to me and I, I need to talk to you about this. And, and maybe if they feel confident enough, talk to their partner about this and say that you're not treating me right and maybe have a mediator in between and say have someone who can balance things out between them heartbreak any tips as to how to make it easier because it hurts so much i think eat lots of ice cream because usually that works yeah <laughs> try and get them out of your head because if you constantly have them in your head then you're gonna kind of constantly remember that they, they were with you once and then you're gonna feel sad and emotional again mm. be creative <laughs> Perhaps draw or write it down and perhaps write a story about it. Um, my name's Aisha, I'm in year 12. My name's Hafsa, I'm in year 12. My name's Afsana, I'm in year 10. Loneliness. Is that something that you feel like you've experienced before? Um, 
Yes. I feel like you experience it more when you're in secondary school. Um, kind of, in, in this kind of age, you're kind of meant to have like a boyfriend. A lot of people expect you to have one. And when you don't, people say, oh, you're lonely. You're never going to get one. And it's kind of like, I don't need a boyfriend. I don't need boys. They just, they make life even more complicated than it has to be. And also... Um, Tell me about it. <laughs> um, I feel like if you have something that's there to kind of get you through that loneliness, like for me, it's music and reading books. It's kind of like an escape. And if you have that there, then I don't think you're actually... You might think you're lonely, but you're really not because there are people out there like you. You have your friends, you have your family, there are teachers at school, and you're not really lonely. I think it's so brilliant that you're talking about the things that are really brilliant in loneliness, you know, using books, using music, the fact that you've gifted yourself these things in your life. I always sort of see it as gifts that you give to yourself and you know that they're brilliant. It's like your toolkit, you know, you know your tools, you love music, you love books, you can escape in them and they can make you feel like you are not alone. Um, is so nice, but I think there's going to be so many people listening who often feel lonely because it's a, a huge a huge identifiable thing, um, who don't even know where to start when it comes to music or books. Have you got any recommendations? Listen to the 1975. Yeah. They are amazing. And with books, I would say, no offence, but don't read like a rubbish romance novel. It'll make things worse. Read something like Open or um, another book I could recommend based on mental health is It's Kind of a Funny Story by Ned Vizzini. I feel I think they're making a movie on it. And honestly, it's just, it's funny. And something like by Ellen, De Ellen DeGeneres. She's Legend. hilarious. Read something by her, but listen to the 1975. <laughs> <laughs> What about you in terms of loneliness? Is it something that you felt in your life ever? I think, because I'm so quick to cut people off and sort of end toxic relationships, things like that, I kind of found myself not having, not being able to trust anyone. And people see it as a negative thing, but I don't because I think I have, I, I have myself. I don't really think I need anything else because like I have had people I, could, I can talk to in the past, but I just feel as if it's not, it's not that big of a deal. For some people it might be, but for me, I think I am actually be better off on my own. But, you know, with her, the same thing that you said, music is a great escape. If you find the right type of music, um, something that you can relate to, and you realise that, you know, people, celebrities with these glam lives still have the same problems that you do, it makes you feel so much better. So, yeah. What are your tunes? Go on, tell me what your music is. There's only one artist. Go on. Her name's Kehlani. I don't know if any of you know her, but she recently just released her first album. And I've been waiting for that moment because... She had released um, mixtapes before, but that was all by herself. She has had a really tough life and it just, and she's just so humble. The fact that she's come so far and she's still really humble just makes you like just in awe. How often can you listen to the same song? How many I'm, times? I, her album just got released and I'm nonstop forever. I, I will never get sick of it because I can relate to it. It's just, it's amazing, that's it. Um, so people always tell me I'm a really positive person. And sometimes people ask me, they go, how do you do it? You're always smiling. You're always so happy. And I think you actually have absolutely no idea <laughs> at all. 
I think that around people, you do have to always be very positive, always put on a smile no matter what is going on. And sometimes it can be some of the gloomiest days of your life. And yes, I have had very, very bad lows where I have been feeling like absolutely no one is there for me. And I've had like horrible, horrible days. But I think the best way to get past it is to believe that there are better days. I think that's why I always tell myself. That I think I do have this positive attitude that people talk about. I am very, I'm generally this person who thinks it, it gets better. It always gets better. And I think that's what helps me through it. So yeah, don't let anything get to you. I feel exactly the same. I get asked all the time how I'm so positive and it's like, oh my goodness, if you ask my boyfriend, he, <laughs> he would tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is important to sort of believe in positivity. You are listening to the Open Up Podcast. Remember to rate and review us and to subscribe to Open Up. Share the love. Tell your mates about it too. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, so you've downloaded the podcast. I'm very happy about that. It's nice to be in your ears. Cheers. But are you going to take on board Team Open? Are you going to feel free to open up and tell someone something that you've wanted to for ages? Are you ready to start talking? So I'm at UTC Media City in Salford with Tom, Joe and Alex in their radio studio getting ready to open up. Sex. <laughs> All right. <laughs> talking about where we put our genitals, <laughs> if we choose to. Um... Is it an embarrassing subject? It depends. Yeah. I think it's... Sh- I don't know whether it is... Like, like if you were just to talk about it to someone of your own gender, I don't know if it's as big as an issue. I think it's quite easy to talk about if a girl, woman to woman about their sex lives, man to man maybe about their sex lives as well. And it's sort of the same age group but, as well, Yeah, and, it? but it's, I don't know whether it's... I know personally for like my group, we're like quite open about everything. We don't really care. So like we'll talk about it and then as if it's just like a normal conversation but then other friendship groups I do I'm aware that it's like it's not normal for like a guy to talk about his sex life to a woman or the other way around if I was going to tell someone I'd have to really trust them because we've only been college what like six months yeah it's more 
So, like, I, I do consider people in this college to be close friends of mine, but I don't think I'd know them well enough to open up like yeah. that. It's more how much trust you've got in someone and how much you know that they're going to listen and understand rather than what gender they are. And also, everyone has a, a right to a private life as well. I feel that that can really easily be forgotten in modern times where everybody's spilling the beans on everything and being really open online all the time about stuff, but maybe not always in a healthy way. And, and I think, you know, to respect private lives is also something that's quite interesting to consider as to what that means. If you are thinking about sex for the first time or doing sex for the first sort of few times, you know, just in terms of it's a, it's a newish thing in your life and that can mean anything. I'm not just talking about the actual act of penetrative sex. I'm talking about just being aware that it happens, right? then it's kind of important that you feel like you can talk about it if you need to, if you're confused about something or you want to be educated on something or that you're doing it or thinking about it in a healthy way. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, because there's so much focus on, like, porn nowadays. So, like, I know when I first found out, I was, like, year seven, I I was, like, completely naive as a kid. Like, I didn't, I wasn't aware of any of it. So it was just, like, this brand new world has opened up to me and I had no idea what to do. And it's, like, you do that typical, like, Thing boys do and you sort of just like copy some of the stuff you see in it and then you sort of like probably shouldn't have done that but you don't know the difference you don't have anything comparison you don't well at least in my school we don't really have proper sex education either like their understanding was like oh teen pregnancies have gone down we don't need it anymore really? and then they just moved yeah. on and they didn't really give us anything so then where are you supposed to find out about sex Pornhub apparently <laughs> it's not extensive enough I mean they say that sex education in high school you learn about like ovaries and how babies are born I mean that doesn't teach me anything I need to know about that. And it's more about, like, pregnancy and saying, please don't get a girl pregnant at 13, than this is, you know... All the how steps you should, before that yeah, need to be considered yeah. as well. Because, I mean, I, I don't know how else to explain it, but the, it isn't extensive enough and it focuses on the wrong things. Definitely. So it's fair to say that a lot of people, and not just boys, are looking to porn to get some sort of insight into what sex is like yeah most likely because it's like there's nowhere else to turn to and especially uh, if you've been introduced to it at a young age and you're not even aware what it is then there's nothing like you're not even aware there is something else to turn to at that age yeah. it's curiosity as well at that age as well you're so young that whatever your mate billy says you just do it because mm. that's what your mate billy said so you just do it and that's just how it is when you're that young. And again, it just goes back to the majority thing. And there's nothing wrong with being intrigued about sex. It's like, it's why and how we're all here, you know? Uh. <laughs> 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 but, but it's really important to not feel bad about being interested in it or liking the idea of it or liking it, you know, like it's something that should be celebrated, but just you've got to consider as to how it makes you feel. And I think that sometimes a lot of the porn that's out there is representing a, a type of sex which isn't really realistic to kind of enjoyment or mutual happiness. And actually, will lead me on something else that's discussed a lot, is consent. And another element of sex and sex lives and kind of this rampancy of, of how porn is making a lot of us feel, that is really scary. Like, do you feel like you get any outlet to talk about what is yes and what is no, and and the idea of consent. Do you, is there anywhere that you can get information on that? I've heard of stuff. I think there is things, but 
it's not really a widely advertised thing. I saw something on, like on a, a YouTube ad the other day that was like about like a, an anonymous service to like talk to people about something that you might have done um, that you you don't know whether it's something you've done wrong or something. But there's nothing that's widely like you know this is where you need to go if you've got a question. You know, can you do this? Should I do that? There's nothing like that, or it doesn't seem like there is. It's very much like the older generation sort of looked down on them, being like. Oh, you should just know this off the get-go. Like it's the logical thing, but but for kids, especially like nowadays, where the younger generations are doing more of the adult drinking and whatever else, it's a lot harder to keep track of stuff and understand what's actually happening and what you sh- the do's and don'ts are when you barely understand what the act itself is. And again, I think that the conversation is swayed a lot towards women in terms of a lot of women are talking about rape culture and how that scares them and um, the different things that they feel like the opposite sex are doing that makes them feel uncomfortable. And it doesn't matter what you wear, how inebriated you are, if it's a no, then make sure you report that somebody might have done this. But also I think it's really important that men and boys are involved in the conversation as well so that we can all mutually educate ourselves as to... The, the boundaries, and I think it's really important that as the physically stronger sex as well, you know, quite in terms of biologically, usually the man is stronger, that that conversation is just had really early on as well. What do you think? Yeah. I think there's like a lot of focus on like the whole, on the terms of rape, it's always like this like teach boys not to rape, mm. but it's like they're never taught to rape in the first place, so exactly. like they're not really confronting the real issue of why it's becoming more and more common. It's sort of just like, oh, you, you, you're teaching them, you're bad parents, bad teachers. And it's sort of like, that's not the original source of it. And they sort of just fling it at you, sort of like a, this is the issue, go fix it, when it's not. And they sort of just, not just evading focus from the guy's perspective of it because they're so heavily focusing on like the girls and the victims and the, even when guys themselves can be victims. So. Sometimes I feel like maybe the guys aren't aware because rape can happen in many different ways. But when when you think of rape, you think of a guy following a girl in the street and just like pinning her down. Mm-hmm. But like it, it it can happen where like he, he might be tricking her and he, she might not even be aware that she's being raped. Like she might just be being forced into it like mentally, but might not have an aware of it. And and I feel like that's not how it's come across to, to kids I feel like to kids it's just like oh it's one thing and that's how it happens and otherwise it's all consentful but it might not be for me it's like no one gets told to rape but no one gets told not to well especially at that age it's like you don't really know about rape until you know about sex in the first place and it's there's quite a big gap there now and the problem is is that because there's a stigma around it and that people don't want to talk to young children about such a, a horrible thing, and it is horrible, mm. because people don't want to like open young children up to that, the problem is is that if you go into life and you get into a situation where you are of legal age now, you don't know whether you're doing something wrong or not because you haven't been told don't do this and you haven't been told do do that. So it's, it's a good thing that there's going to be sex and relationships being put onto the curriculum because we've got to think about it from every perspective. The fact that, that yes, human beings like sex, but how they like it is really important. Uh, Thank you so much, you guys. I'm blown away, like, you're all amazing. And, uh, yeah, just you're really good people. Never never forget it. (laughs) Cheers.
Uh, Louise O'Neill, writer, journalist, used to be a stylist. One of your books is being turned into a film. That is next level. Um, just a little bit about your books because they are about, you know, pretty controversial in some ways, actually. Not that I believe that they should be controversial, but big subject matters in our world. Yeah, I mean, Only Ever Yours, which was my first book, was a dystopian novel um, that was based in a world in which women are no longer able to have um, daughters. They can have um, sons, but their bodies have sort of evolved to reject a female fetus in the womb. Um, So faced with the extinction of the human race, uh, these schools are set up in which women are bred for their beauty and then trained to be subservient to men. It's amazing when you tell that plot, like every man within a 10 mile radius kind of backs away slowly. I'm still single. Um, but, um, and then Asking For It um, is a book about um, rape culture um, and victim blaming and is about a an 18 year old girl who gets gang raped by members of her local football team. So yeah, they're pretty heavy. Whenever people meet me, I think they expect me to be way more serious than what I am, I'm very off brand. When you were researching and writing, asking for it, was there anything that just blew your brain to smithereens? Um, I suppose, like, I think anyone who's um, researching anything about um, rape culture and consent, it's always the statistics that are the most terrifying. You know, like, you know, the, the I suppose, the rate of sexual um, violence is so high and then the amount of people who ever, let's say, get their day in court, um, those statistics are, are, are minuscule. Um, and then, you know, the rates of conviction um, for perpetrators um, is dismally low as well. Um, and I suppose, uh, you know, so that was pretty, that's always pretty shocking when you, when you see those. Um, and I suppose what I found interesting was because I, I spoke to a lot of um, survivors and you know, having these conversations. And what I, what really struck me was that most of them said it wasn't necessarily the event itself that was the most traumatizing. It was the reaction of people afterwards. Um, so it was people um, making them feel like they had something to be ashamed about, um, you know, asking, you know, are you sure, you know, how much did you have to drink? What were you wearing? So that the blame um, was constantly being put back on them. Um, so they said that actually that that shame that was put on them by friends and family and by their community, that was actually the most traumatizing part of it. So that I, 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 I suppose I hadn't, I hadn't really considered that aspect. So that was really interesting. In, in my book, I interviewed somebody who was a victim of sexual violence and, uh, uh, and the reason why I did it was not just to be nosy. It's because I think it's an important subject matter to talk about mm. uh, in terms of all of us, whether yeah, you are a victim. I mean, again, like the use of word victim is problematic, mm. I think. But um, but just that we should all just n- know about this because it's happening yeah. and just uh, f- and feel like we can talk about it. Um, and that's why I, I interviewed her and, and also I wanted to get actual tips in terms of if that ever did happen to me or anyone I know, like how I could be mm. careful and tender and kind t- towards them, you know, because I think it is happening more than we know. And I think it's really important that we know how to be good friends in times of need, you know. Uh, what gave you the idea to have the title of your book called Open? I really wanted the book to be called One Word. So even though there's a subtitle, just the idea that Open is its own thing, it's kind of like naming a person, isn't it? Like the first name is just like, and I wanted it to be two syllables, easy to remember. 
because when I'm on the radio and I have to announce a band name and if it's really hard and long to remember I get really angry <laughs> so I realised that Open was something that we could all remember and then I thought about the context of why I was attracted to the word Open and I always think that I've got an open heart and an open mind and it just got bigger and bigger like a snowball as to how important the word was and um, I wanted people to approach it with an openness and to feel like they could talk about things in an open way hence the podcast being open up so that we can all open up um and and the fact that it's not just about me so that's why it's called open because it ain't closed and you open a book too <laughs> you're listening to the open up podcast <laughs> i got it i got it you are listening to the open up Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Podcast. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah.